MSW Media. News was swearing. Daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. Today, the NAACP has filed a lawsuit on behalf of Representative Benny Thompson against Trump and Giuliani under the Ku Klux Klan Act for conspiring with the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers to prevent the certification of the election. South Dakota Republican Governor Kristi Noem is under scrutiny for using a taxpayer-funded plane to campaign. 57 Republican officials are found to have participated in the insurrection. The Senate Homeland Security Committee scheduled the first hearing investigating the insurrection for February 23rd. Trump releases a statement slamming Mitch McConnell. Russia Ron Johnson claims the insurrection wasn't armed and millions of Texans are still without power and water. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Uh, Dana, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you got through the day, and uh, here we are again. So much news. There's just so much news today. I guess it's you know, Tuesday after a bank holiday. Maybe. I don't... There's just True. a lot to cover, um, and uh, as you could tell by the intro. And um, we have a great show later on. I'm going to be talking to former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner to discuss the implications of Mitch McConnell's remarks. Not the one that he released today about Mitch McConnell, but the his remarks following his <laughs> vote to acquit Donald of inciting an insurrection. It's like... Uh, they're, they're, it's just a circular firing squad. They're, there is now a battle for the Republican Party, and we are watching it unfold. And uh, Dana, you and I will be live on the Stereo app um, this Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific and 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're there to field questions, sing songs, have adult beverages, have non-alcoholic beverages, if that's your thing. Um, and just to, I mean, you know, to just chill. It's an after party, and I really enjoy that. Such a good time. So if you're not on the Stereo app, it's free. They're going to ask you for your blood type, social security number. They're not really, but they'll ask you some information you can say you don't want them to use it. You don't want to give it to them. You can still get on the app and then just follow AG and myself and uh, work. have a good time Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can set up an account by going to Stereo.com slash Allison Gill. And uh, yeah, DG Comedy is you and uh, Allison Gill is me. For those of you listening, Allison is very cute today, even though it's been a, a challenging day. So just know that she's putting on her best. <laughs> I did. I had a hard day. <laughs> dealing with no but you are still being adorable dealing with divorce stuff and the department of veterans affairs and claims and things it's just it's uh, awful and, and everyone has been so kind on twitter too they're like do you need any help i was like you know what thank you i worked there for over a decade if i can't get it done <laughs> you know yeah. um the problems inherent in the system <laughs> so oh my god um it's just rehashing all that old stuff that i'm i just want to move on from and I, I, you know what that sort of applies to the news today as well so why don't we why don't we kick it off i mean if nothing's <laughs> gonna make you happy if nothing else will make you happy it is your lead story so we should probably get there <laughs> let's do it let's hit the hot notes hot notes All right. So the NAACP on Tuesday morning filed a federal lawsuit against Trump and his personal lawyer, Rudy, uh, claiming that they violated the 19th century statute called the Ku Klux Klan Act when they tried to prevent the certification of the election on January 6th. 
The civil rights organization brought the suit on behalf of Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat of Mississippi. Other Democrats in Congress, including Representatives Hank Johnson of Georgia and Bonnie Watson Coleman of New Jersey, are expected to join as plaintiffs in the coming weeks. That's according to the NAACP. The lawsuit contends that Donald and Rudy violated the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, and that statute includes protections against violent conspiracies that interfere with Congress's constitutional duties. The suit also names the Proud Boys, the far-right nationalist group, and the Oath Keepers militia group. The legal action accuses Donald and Rudy and the two groups of conspiring together to incite the violent riot at the Capitol with the goal of preventing Congress from certifying the election. It is a word-for-word fit to the Ku Klux Klan Act, just with the modern-day Klan, known as the Proud Boys and uh, the Oath Keepers. Trump sycophant and child support payment dodger Jason Miller, who has been accused (laughs) in the past of giving the abortion pill to a partner hidden in a smoothie, says of the lawsuit, quote, President Trump did not plan, produce or organize the January 6th rally. I can't even without laughing. Uh, He goes on to say President Trump did not incite or conspire to incite any violence at the Capitol on January 6th. That's Mr. Miller's statement on Tuesday. He also added that Rudy is not currently representing President Trump in any legal matters. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what this says to me? This says to me Rudy might be about to be indicted because in the past, Trump has distanced himself from people by removing them from joint uh, defense agreements or JDAs as soon as they were about to be indicted. It happened with Roger Stone. That's how I was able to predict the day he was going to be arrested. That's what he did with Flynn. He did it with uh, Manafort. He did it with McGann. Uh, and now he's doing it uh, with Rudy. Yep, not my lawyer, not my lawyer anymore. And uh, backing away slowly into the shrubberies like Homer Simpson. <laughs> so Trump faces a long list of legal problems on top of his billion dollar debt including the Manhattan DA's probe of Trump finances, the Atlanta DA investigation of Trump's election interference, the Georgia Secretary of State's investigation into the Trump calls to Ben Roethlisberger. You know who I'm talking about. (laughs) The D.C. Attorney General's possible criminal indictment for inciting the insurrection, the New York Attorney General's civil suit against the Trump organization, and E. Jean Carroll and Summer Zervos's defamation lawsuits. So good luck, fucker. Yeah. You know what he's raising money for now? It's not necessarily to run in 2024. (laughs) He's got some lawyers to pay. He's got a lot of lawsuits. Or not pay, as we know. (laughs) Right, yeah. Who's he going to (laughs) stiff? Now, at least 57, this is a sad story here, 57 state and local Republican officials from 27 states attended the January 6th rally. At least 57. Um, Now, this is according to the Huffington Post, HuffPost. Almost all of them are resisting calls to resign. Meanwhile, the dickheads complaining about cancel culture continue to censure Republican senators and representatives that voted to impeach Donald. And this just in, U.S. Homeland Security Committee has announced its first hearing into the U.S. Capitol insurrection failures. Tuesday, February 23rd, they're seeking testimony from Robert Conti, chief of the D.C. Metro Police Department, Michael Stenger, former Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, Paul Irving, former House Sergeant-at-Arms, and Stephen Sund, former chief of Capitol Police. So oh, that'll be an interesting hearing. That will be a really interesting hearing. I I just want them to tie the put, – put the points together. We know – that Donald uh, made made sure that the DC Capitol Police didn't have backup. I just mm-hmm. I want this mm-hmm. I want this all to come out. I want it all to come out. And don't you forget, the U.S. Senate Homeland Security Committee can make criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. That's lovely. 
We need mm-hmm. to get Garland in there. Uh, now, this is more grifting. Uh, this comes from South Dakota's Governor Christy Noem. Use a state airplane to shuttle her around the country to right-wing political events. Racking up huge bills on the taxpayer dime as the GOP darling traveled to events hosted by... Among others, the National Rifle Association, Rifle Association, Turning Point USA, and a Las Vegas confat put on by the Republican Jewish Coalition, which is really interesting. Um, that is according to a flight records uh, reviewed by Raw Story, which also reports no one unnecessarily blew thousands on air travel by having the state airplane get her at her family home in Castlewood, South Dakota, rather than at the official governor's residence in Pierre where the plane is actually kept. She didn't go to the plane. She made the plane come to her. Correct. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a gem. No one once had the airplane. She actually had the airplane pick her up at her daughter Cassidy's wedding, Allison, <laughs> which was held in Custer State Park. Can you imagine? What the hell is that noise? It's just my plane. Just my plane here to pick me up. Everything's cool. She also used it to go to her 15-year high school reunion to show all those fuckers. I know. <laughs> Look at me now. Uh, From a legal perspective, wrongful use of a plane actually goes well beyond any ethics violation. As state-owned aircrafters only, they're only supposed to be used for official state business. Fines for improper travel can reach 10 times the cost of the flight, which, as you know, isn't just a normal Southwest Airlines ticket that we would have to pay for. Like, this is, she's got people traveling with her people. It's a private plane. (laughs) She's sitting there at her daughter's wedding. She picks out her boarding pass, and it's like, damn it, C60? Ah, fuck. (laughs) And a middle seat again. Damn it. Uh, Well, best of luck to you. Uh, Christy. <laughs> now, f- frigid temperatures and widespread power outages are plaguing swaths of Texas for the third straight day on Tuesday, sending numerous residents into their own vehicles and fireplaces and shelters in desperate search of warmth. More than four million homes and businesses were without power in Texas on Tuesday afternoon as a result of freezing temperatures and a deadly winter storm that swept the state early this week. The entire state saw temperatures below freezing during at least parts of Monday and Tuesday, and utilities have been knocked out or frozen over by the bitter cold, leaving many without primary means of heating their homes. I guess uh, utility privatization sucks, huh there, Ted Cruz? Yep, doing a fine job down there. Yeah. Now, Lauren Boebert said in a tweet that the Democrats are to blame because of the Green New Deal, which isn't a thing that passed and doesn't <laughs> exist as a law. <laughs> And many Republicans are saying the frozen wind turbines are to blame, and they put pictures of a helicopter dumping warm water on a frozen wind turbine. Trouble is, that was a photo from Sweden in 2012 or 2014, I can't remember, but it's not Texas. Uh, However, it's been shown, Bloomberg shows, that the outages are due to frozen natural gas, closed coal plants, and fucked up fossil fuel issues. All the refineries are closed in Texas right now. Frozen wind turbines actually are contributing the least to this disaster. Oh my God. AG, I have a great idea. We should use the Jewish space laser <gasps> and just melt the ice. That is a wonderful idea. Right? I mean, if we started forest fires, let's use our powers for good. Let's melt this ice. Can you talk to your people? I'll talk to my people. I'll put in a call. Okay, sweet. Because the Gentile space laser is in the shop. No, so... yeah. That was circumcised, wasn't it? I think you guys got your space laser <laughs> circumcised. <laughs> Yes, so it is 33% less effective. Yeah. <laughs> now, 
Uh, I just find it interesting that gas, coal, and closed refineries are are being interrupted by the climate crisis. Oh, my God. My gosh. Uh, somebody tweeted, uh, you know, we'll vote for, uh, oh, what was it? We'll vote for Democrats when hell freezes over. And Mother Nature says, deal. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and there's just so many tweets from, like, Ted Cruz and, and Republicans saying, California, ha-ha, it must suck to have a state run by Democrats, et cetera. And now they're doing nothing. Ted Cruz has done nothing but retweet, like, maps of closed roads. Yeah, that's because he doesn't know what else to do. Like, he's, they totally fucked their grid there in Texas. So there's no reason that it shouldn't be able to handle what's happening right now. Um, last story, last story we have. This is um, the Russian ass, Ron Johnson. I, I can't call him an asset because he's not really an asset to anything. <laughs> so I'm just going to call him the Russian ass, Ron Johnson, on Monday argued that it's wrong. It's wrong to describe the group as armed and accuse Democrats of selectively editing videos to exaggerate the threat posed by a mob that came within feet of Vice President Mike Pence and others re-elect, uh, other elected officials. This is about the insurrection. Ron Johnson said this is not an armed insurrection. He said, this didn't seem to be an armed insurrection to me. He said this to WISN. When you hear the word armed, don't you think of firearms? Here's the question I would have liked to ask. How many firearms were confiscated? How many shots were fired? Fucking moron. Johnson added, if that was a planned armed insurrection, man, you had really bunch of idiots. So not to be outdone, uh, the host of the 11th Hour on MSNBC, Brian Williams, this is fantastic, played the recording of Ron Johnson's remarks and then said, unbelievable comment from Senator Johnson, which we had translated from the original Russian. (laughs) (laughs) I love, I love these guys. Brian's got a great sense of humor. I mean, this is ridiculous. Anything can be used as a weapon. And when you beat an officer to death with a fire extinguisher and a flagpole, that is an armed insurrection. Mm. That, there was that one guy who was caught trying to transport weapons on a boat across the Potomac. Yeah. There were plenty of people st- stopped with firearms. There were people who in the crowd, he said, shoot him with his own gun, referring to a Capitol Police officer. Uh, he just called his supporters a bunch of idiots. That's hilarious. Um, how many firearms were confiscated? How about the the explosive and Cindy and blo- explosive devices found at the DNC and RNC? Are those not considered arms? Like I don't even. It's the dumbest thing, and he's taken so much shit for it. And God bless Brian Williams. That right? is so funny. I know. I love when uh, they give him a good one on late night. It's fantastic, and especially with Brian Williams' deadpan delivery, it's just chef's kiss uh we got some late breaking news rudy giuliani is no longer representing trump <laughs> according to jason miller we, we we told you about that and this is coming on the heels of that naacp lawsuit suing both rudy and donald for conspiring with the proud boys and oath keepers to stop the electoral vote count under the ku klux klan act yet another example proving republicans don't understand time is linear and Biden, this is new, Biden supports the 9-11 style commission, uh, although I just want to say, and I've read a couple of op-eds, talked to Frank Figlizzi about this yesterday, I would like for criminal referrals to the Department of Justice to be allowed in this particular commission. That didn't happen during Iran-Contra, and they shouldn't grant immunity to those who testify. That's what screwed up the criminal prosecutions during the Iran-Contra hearings. Yeah, who was in charge of that? you remember? 
Barr. Mm. Barr knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, also breaking now, Trump has written a scathing statement about Mitch McConnell, calling him a dour, sullen, <laughs> and unsmiling political hack. And he says if Republican senators are going to stay with him, they will not win again. Now, did he write that, Allison? Do you really put your beans that he wrote this? He doesn't know what dour or sullen mean. No. I bet it was Miller. Hands down, it was this Miller. Is, this is a Stephen Miller joint for sure. Uh, he also went after Mitch's wife, Elaine Chow, saying McConnell has no credibility on China because of his family's substantial Chinese business holdings, which we were screaming about for the entire of four course. years. <laughs> He's going to start throwing them all under the bus. Yeah. And that was after Trump fired the inspector general investigating Elaine Chow um, for that business dealing. But most importantly, remember when I said Trump may have been sabotaging Georgia's Senate runoffs because he didn't want to be the only loser in 2020? Mm-hmm. Mm, a little bit of that in this note. He said in Mitch's Senate over the last two election cycles, I single-handedly saved at least 12 Senate seats, more than eight in the 2020 cycle alone. And then came the Georgia disaster where we should have won both U.S. Senate seats. So here it comes. Here it comes. Yeah, okay. He's going to start being, I'm not the only loser. I'm not the biggest loser. Uh, it's, it's, that's happening now. It's happening now. Beans come true. It would be really beautiful. I know he needs it too much. Mitch is not going to get rid of the filibuster. But if he did get rid of the filibuster and actually made it so that the Senate could pass legislation barring Trump from running for office again, it would be beautiful. He'll never do it. But it's, you know, it's a nice little daydream. It, yeah, you're right. But we don't need Mitch, really, to kill the filibuster. Oh, I know. I've got a, a little bit of an issue with one of my bise- one of my bisexual sisters. Yes, continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't have Mansion and Cinema on board. Uh, anyway, coming up next, I will speak with former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner about the implication of Mitch McConnell's comments following his vote to acquit Donald of incitement of the insurrection on the Senate floor. That was the speech he made that we all watched and went, uh, is, did he join the House managers? Because that's what it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to discuss that right after this break. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and this episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Helix Sleep. We all have trouble sleeping from time to time. Chronic insomnia is a serious issue. Personally, I haven't slept well for the past four years. I thought it was just because of the orange menace in the White House. But as it turns out, my mattress was not designed for my personal sleep preferences. But Helix Sleep has fixed everything. They understand you're unique, and they customize your mattress to fit you and the way you sleep best. Helix Sleep created this online sleep quiz. Super user-friendly, takes two minutes to complete. They use those answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. It's uh, like a mattress, you know, that just totally fits your lifestyle. So if you like a mattress that's soft or firm, or if you sleep on your side or your back, or if you sleep really hot, with Helix, there is a mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed, and I sleep on my side, so it's perfect for me. But you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress of 2019 and 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that gives you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you can try it for 100 nights risk-free, and they'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. No hassle. But you will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by former federal prosecutor and MSNBC legal analyst and host of Justice Matters, Glenn Kirshner. Glenn, welcome. How are we doing? 
doing well. How have you been? It's been a crazy weekend. It has been. Um, although, you know, when I saw a tweet from the president today, you know, it, it's nice that we can now actually read a tweet from the president like, hey, we're on track to deliver a uh, 100 million vaccines. And it's like, what would, what, that's a presidential tweet that I've read. And I don't feel angry and upset and embarrassed for the country. And so, you know what? That felt kind of good. Yeah. And we were talking about that yesterday, too, with the CDC coming out with their school reopening guidelines, basically saying, hey, 90 percent of uh, students live in places that have a high amount of disease. So don't maybe don't open. And, you know, hey, thank you for not downplaying the virus and giving us real science based information. It's just very refreshing. Now, I know that that's, you know, bad news for people who with kids who want their kids to go back to in-person learning. But it's the truth. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. So today I wanted to talk to you about Mitch McConnell's comments that Trump is clearly guilty of inciting the insurrection and spreading the big lie. And he made those comments immediately following his not guilty vote. And you tweeted today, quote, for anyone who celebrates Mitch McConnell's pronouncement that Trump is morally and practically practically responsible for the insurrection. Remember, there are two places Mitch McConnell's words mean nothing in a court of law and everywhere else. Can you expand on that thought? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Jersey coming out in me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Mitch McConnell can say whatever he wants, and it's meaningless because the man is the very definition of hypocrisy. He'll say one thing one day, and he'll do a 180 the next day and say something else if it suits his political purposes. So, when Mitch McConnell votes not guilty and then stands up and says Donald Trump could not be more guilty. I mean, he just he's shameless and he proves every day that his words mean nothing. Obviously, his words would mean nothing in a court of law because it would be up to an actual jury to decide whether Donald Trump is guilty of any crimes in connection with launching an attack on the U.S. Capitol. So Mitch McConnell, I think, feels his grasp um, at, at sort of power slipping through his fingers. And I think he will soon be yesterday's news and maybe tomorrow's defendant, though, you know, I don't quite know what Mitch McConnell might be on the hook for criminally. Of course, we'll never know if we don't investigate. Yeah. Although I will say this, um, his words are being used in this new civil suit uh, filed by the NAACP against him. And I know, at least I hope, that Democrats are going to use that speech to cut a bunch of ads in 2022 and 2024. Uh, So I guess they could be uh, useful for those purposes. Uh, But yeah, otherwise, it's completely empty, vapid, soulless, ridiculousness uh, to, to, to vote not guilty and then to stand up and say, he was guilty is has got to be I, I just I don't even know how to, I'm out of adjectives after the, the past five years, but I just don't even know how to characterize that. Yeah, it feels a little like Mitch McConnell saying we will never, ever have a confirmation hearing for a Supreme Court justice nominee in the last year of a president's term and then turn around and hold exactly that seven days before an election. I mean, come on, Mitch, we know what you're about. Yeah. And I really wanted to see the Democrats in the majority railroad 
through this impeachment, but they didn't because they have class and they want to do things by the book. And uh, and so because I mean, otherwise, if we had played it like the Republicans would have played it or like I should say they did play it back in 1998, uh, they could have Leahy could have dismissed jurors for not accepting the jurisdictional argument that it is constitutional to to go after a former official with impeachment or. Uh, you know, anybody who had already d- said what their vote was going to be, you know, well, then you're dismissed as a juror. I would really have liked to see that sort of play out. <laughs> but, you know, they they follow precedent. They set up the rules the same way that they did in in 98. And, and try, we're just doing it by the book. And so, you know, that's sort of the kind of the battle that uh, that we face going forward. And I, I wanted to um, ask you about this, too, because you believe, like I do, that Trump is criminally culpable for the attack on the Capitol. And I was hoping you could tell us what sort of evidence we might see in uh, that might go in front of a grand jury. We wouldn't see that, but might come out in indictments or or be shown in, in a criminal court of law. Well, what we don't yet know is what kind of communications were going on behind the scene Um, not only among the hate groups that were organizing and that were being inspired by Donald Trump, but what kind of communications were going on behind the scenes with respect to Trump and Giuliani and other, you know, uh, people in Trump's inner circle. We got a little flavor of that toward the end of the impeachment trial. I always have to put air quotes around the word trial. Um, because we heard about that, um, uh, the statement by, I believe it was Kevin McCarthy, right? That was a little bit of hearsay, but it was introduced by stipulation where, you know, while the, the Capitol was under attack, while the insurrectionists were trying to stop the vote certification, Donald Trump is doing nothing to protect the people in that building. Instead, he's saying, I guess they care more about the election results than you do. You know, so we're going to there's obviously lots more of that kind of stuff that we would get that we would develop during the course of a grand jury investigation. But, you know, you give me 30 minutes and the evidence that's even publicly available, I'll walk in to a courtroom and convince jurors beyond a reasonable doubt unanimously that Donald Trump is criminally responsible for launching the attack on the Capitol. You need two things. You need an act and you need a guilty mental state. We've got the act. He organized and orchestrated the July 6th rally, right? That was a Trump production. He summoned everybody there. He saw they some of them are wearing body armor and helmets and carrying makeshift weapons. He got them all, all riled up. And then he gave them one command. Get down there and stop what's going on. They followed his command to the letter. What did they do? They went down there and they literally stopped what was going on. You know, you are presumed to intend the natural natural and foreseeable consequences of your words and your actions. Here, they carried out his command to the letter and they and they used violence to do it. And that was not only reasonably foreseeable. It was inevitable. Indeed, it was Donald Trump's intent. There's the criminal act, right? He used them as a weapon to attack the Capitol. People, I am so tired of hearing people say criminal intent is so hard to prove. I spent 30 years in courtrooms 
military and civilian, proving intent or trying to prove intent. I was more successful than I was not successful. I lost plenty of cases too. Intent is not hard to prove. The law says you prove intent, you, you infer intent by somebody's conduct, their behavior, their words. What was Donald Trump's intent from start to finish? It was to lie to people about the fact that, or about the claim that their election was stolen from them. Their vote was taken from them. Their president was taken away by the people who are down in that building certifying, falsely certifying Joe Biden's win. His entire, this entire orchestration was launched from a platform of fraud, the big lie. And there is not a person in the world who will believe Donald Trump actually subjectively believed the big lie. Of course he didn't. So the fact that everything he did, he did from a platform of fraud, gives him criminal intent, guilty, guilty mens rea, mental state from start to finish. This thing is so plainly criminal. And all we need is the Department of Justice to step up, bring the charges and litigate it. Now, if we lose in front of a jury, and I don't believe we will, but if we do, there's no shame in that because what we've done is we've fought for democracy. The president of the United States launched an attack against democracy. How can we just let that go? Yeah, it's it's not about winning or losing. It's about having justice take its course uh, as it should uh, through an independent Department of Justice. And I think I think that Merrick Garland's comments about the insurrection when he was nominated by Biden point to the distinct possibility that they will be investigating that. And um, I, I, you know, and House managers presented a masterful case that I don't think any jury would come back with a, you know, would acquit on. I mean, that was just, it was all there. It was an airtight case. And so I I tend to agree with you. The only thing, the only reason apparently that um, he was found not guilty was because they had a constitutionality question, which was settled at the beginning uh, and shouldn't have been a factor. Uh, However, here we are. And so it's time to move forward into the, into the, uh, into the Department of Justice, criminal investigation and other places that should be looking into this. And there was no constitutionality question. This is the fourth time in our nation's history that the Senate held an impeachment trial for somebody who had left office. So there is precedent. And in fact, it's uniform precedent. It can be done. It has been done. They voted to do it again, right? So there will never be any legal precedent because the courts will not wade into political questions. There's something called the political question doctrine, which is why you don't see court opinions on impeachment. They don't have it's not justiciable, a word I always mispronounce. They don't take these kind of issues up. So the only kind of precedent we will ever have is political precedent and historical precedent. And we have it. So Mitch McConnell and the and the 43 insurrectionist loving Republicans do not have a jurisdictional leg to stand on. And they know it. And then let me go back to Merrick Garland for one minute, because I, I'm excited about 
the prospect of Merrick Garland being our next attorney general, because, you know, first of all, he cut his prosecutorial teeth, his public corruption teeth on prosecuting Marion Barry, the former mayor of Washington, D.C., and his infamous crack case. That was in my former office, the D.C. U.S. attorney's office. So and, you know, he did a bang up job. He cut his domestic terrorism prosecutorial teeth on the Oklahoma City bombing case because he supervised, he oversaw the investigation and prosecution of what was the most significant domestic terrorism incident in our nation's history, not only to date, but arguably ever. It was a different kind of incident than the insurrection at the Capitol. So, and what I love, there's a quote that is attributed to him. um, And he said, we, back during the Oklahoma City bombing investigation, He said, mark my words, we will hold every single person accountable who had anything to do with the Oklahoma City bombing, but we will do it in a way that honors the Constitution. And that gives this old prosecutor goosebumps, right? (laughs) But here's what Merrick Garland is. He is the the perfect marriage of a public corruption prosecutor and a domestic uh, uh, terrorism prosecutor. And what Donald Trump is, is the unholy union of public corruption and domestic terrorism merged into one ugly criminal ball. So I have to say, I think Merrick Garland is the right man for the moment. Yeah, I concur. And I think it's I, I think it's fascinating that for four years, Trump lawyers argued that Trump can't be prosecuted criminally when he's the president. He must face impeachment. And then when impeachment time comes, the senators pass the buck back to the criminal justice system. It's just absolute hypocrisy. I I, I do have a couple more questions. I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. All right, everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Caliper CBD. If the past year has taught us anything, it's that we have to deal with unexpected stress throughout life. And and we know it's important to practice self-care, but taking care of yourself shouldn't add to your stress. You know what I mean? The great thing about CBD, though, is it helps you feel better without having to make drastic changes to your routine. Super simple to incorporate into your life. And if you haven't tried CBD, I recommend it. It's helped me feel less anxious and more calm. It's helped me sleep easier, helps me feel less sore after workouts. And my favorite thing about Caliper CBD specifically is they even they've introduced a better way to consume CBD. It's an easy to use powder, and unlike oils, Caliper CBD powder is completely tasteless. It mixes easily in any food or drink. It's precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, so you never have to guess how much CBD you're taking. And I like to put it in my morning coffee or a post-workout protein shake. And it's clinically proven that with Caliper CBD, you absorb 450% more CBD because it's. So it's fast acting. It's compared to tinctures. It's just so much better. I think it's 15 minutes is twice as fast as CBD oil. And the Caliper CBD is completely THC-free, too. So you get all the benefits of CBD without any intoxicating or mind-altering effects. And Caliper is made with all natural non-GMO ingredients, no fillers or added chemicals, no artificial flavors, none of that. So take care of yourself, but make it easy on yourself with Caliper CBD. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at trycaliper.com slash dailybeans. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you do not love it, they will give you a full refund. So that's trycaliper.com com slash daily beans and don't forget promo code daily beans for 20% off your first order.
All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking to former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner uh, about Mitch McConnell's comments and criminal prosecution potentially going forward for Donald Trump uh, re- with regards to the insurrection. And I wanted to ask you, uh, you had mentioned you'd brought up the, the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office um, a minute ago while talking about Merrick Garland. And I, I wanted to ask because you worked there for a long time. Now, D.C. Attorney General Carl Racine, who is different from the D.C. U.S. Attorney, is looking into charging Trump with incitement of the insurrection. I'm wondering how uh, the the D.C. Attorney General has jurisdiction to do that when it would usually be the U.S. Attorney that would bring those charges. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. First of all, what a lot of people probably don't know is that of the 93 U.S. Attorney's offices around the country and in the territories, um, Ninety-two of them do nothing but the traditional federal prosecuting. In D.C., I was there for 24 years. We were the traditional federal prosecutors at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office, but because the District of Columbia was chartered as a federal city, they never had a district attorney's office. So they don't have local prosecutors. So we are one-stop shopping for all prosecuting in the District of Columbia, both federal cases and local cases. So now, when the D.C. city government won home rule, they they had it morphed. It used to be the Corporation Counsel's Office, but at some point they had their own attorney general for the city, for the city of D.C., but they don't really have much in the way of criminal jurisdiction. We have a memorandum of understanding. When I say we, the Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C., with the D.C. city government, and they take some relatively low-level misdemeanors, and we take everything else. Um, Their main criminal practice is juvenile matters, which are not considered prosecutions. They're considered like adjudications to see if someone is delinquent and all that. But they do have, I believe, a misdemeanor rioting statute that they can handle. They, do, they don't generally. We generally do it all at the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. But that's what Carl Racine, the attorney general for the city of D.C., is talking about perhaps um, deploying as a result of what happened on January 6th. I, I go back and forth on whether that's realistic because, look, my former office is investigating the whole ball of wax, everything that went on during the insurrection. And you can see we're returning indictments on you know, the Proud Boys and everybody who was unlawfully entering the US Capitol. We're starting to bring conspiracy charges. So the case is being built in the grand jury. Indictments are being handed down. I think it unlikely that Carl Racine's office will take a little piece of it, uh, you know, the, the, the rioting piece and try to bring a separate prosecution. I think that would be the two offices working not against themselves, but you know, anytime you get multiple jurisdictions investigating the same crime, it becomes really challenging, the coordination. So um, I don't think we're likely to see prosecutions coming out of Carl Racine's office. Do you think it's more likely that whoever um, Biden selects as the D.C. U.S. attorney would be bringing those charges? Because I know the current D.C. U.S. attorney wasn't initially looking at charging Donald Trump or, you know, any of the leaders, the kingpins, et cetera. Uh, although I know the DOJ is looking into RICO charges and other are there certain things which would you generally include those insiders? Uh, 
not insiders, but insiders, if that's a word. And uh, so do you think it's more likely we'll start to see that once the new U.S. attorney in the District of Columbia is read into the case and brought up to speed under Merrick Garland when uh, that's we're looking at a few months down the road? I do, because let's face it, we still have the Bill Barr, Donald Trump lackey as the acting U.S. attorney in the District of Columbia, a guy named Tim Sherwin. And uh, Michael Sherwin, excuse me, Tim Shea was his predecessor, another Bill Barr lackey. So and remember, Tim Sherwin is the guy who brought the Mike Flynn dismissal home for Mike Flynn and Donald Trump. And he's the guy who sat on the criminal referrals by the Senate Intelligence Committee, a bipartisan committee referred Don Jr. and Jared Kushner and Bannon and Sam Clovis for and, and I think Prince, uh, Eric Prince for criminal investigation. And under Sherwin's tenure, those cases died. Now, I hope they're given a relook. So a handful of people have thrown their hat in the ring to be the new U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia. Many of my friends and former colleagues, I opted not to throw my hat in the ring. That's a longer conversation. But so a, a great former prosecutor, gang prosecutor named Anjali Chatterbetty threw in for it. Um, a guy named Matt Graves put in for it. And here's a really interesting one. Jonathan Kravis put in for it. If that name rings a bell, it's because Jonathan Kravis, one, he was a former homicide prosecutor in my office, but he was the lead prosecutor in the Roger Stone trial. And he was the guy who walked off the case and resigned from the federal government because his ethics and his conscience did not allow him to take part in what Bill Barr was trying to pull. He has put in to be U.S. attorney in D.C. So it's going to be an interesting process. Yeah, definitely. And normally, usually what happens is the the people apply and then the senators from the states in which those U.S. attorneys offices reside interview the candidates and make a selection. D.C., as we know, doesn't have senators yet. So who, who interviews the D.C. U.S. attorney candidates? Eleanor Holmes Norton. And she is the one who will make the recommendation to the White House. And in depending on the administration, sometimes she was completely ignored and disrespected by the White House. And sometimes she was fully respected in her desires and her recommendation as to who should be the U.S. attorney, who she was supporting, was taken very seriously. And what what is her job? She is the what the non-voting member of Congress from the District of Columbia. So you know, it's it that was that was just to appease D.C. Like, how about we'll give you a representative, but she doesn't get to vote? Well, come on now. Why don't you just say that she should work in the cafeteria? That's absurd. Much like the delegate of the Virgin Islands yeah. who we saw there you go. so eloquently uh, at the House management team. The House managers blew me away. That was a master class oh. in prosecution. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I think we should continue to fight for in earnest is getting full representation for the citizens of the District of Columbia. Yeah, yeah, and I, I want to do that. And I, there's a couple other things I want to uh, get set in place um, as far as you know, passing the John Lewis Voting Rights Act before we kill the filibuster, uh, because we are just one heartbeat away from losing the majority over there in the Senate right now. 
uh, literally. And and so I'm all for it. I just think we need to get our ducks in a row voting wise, make sure that the people are represented properly and uh, and then, you know, then move forward with that. That's just my own personal little opinion there. Finally, we've already seen this civil suit filed by the NAACP just a day or two after Mitch McConnell said there's going to be a lot of uh, civil suits and criminal prosecutions. So the NAACP filed their uh, lawsuit. But how likely do you think it is that Trump will face these criminal charges for January 6th? And we've already discussed who should bring them, probably the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. But how, how likely do you think it is he'll face criminal charges at the federal level? I think I would bet one dollar of my own money. That's my betting limit. I'm not a betting man. I would bet one dollar of my own money that Donald Trump will end up as a defendant, both in state courts and in federal court. I, I think Merrick Garland with the public corruption piece and the domestic terrorism piece and the love of democracy piece, I don't think he's going to let this go. And he shouldn't. So, you know, the civil suit is one thing that was just brought by the NAACP on behalf of Congressman Benny Thompson. And it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I love to see those defendants bunched together. Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. Talk about birds of a feather. I can't wait to see them flocked together in the courtroom defending that suit, because that is not a frivolous suit. And I predict the judge will not grant the inevitable motion to dismiss and then discovery. So, you know, we've got something to look forward to there as well. Yeah, agreed. I just everyone sort of needs to hunker down, be patient. Um, This administration has already proven they can, quote unquote, walk and chew gum at the same time. And uh, I have I have full confidence in, in Merrick Garland as well, and whoever is appointed uh, as, as U.S. attorneys, uh, not just in D.C., but uh, but across the nation, of course, except in Delaware. Was it Delaware? See, but I got to tell you, <laughs> yeah. that that's another thing that gave me patriotic goosebumps. Yeah, because first same. of all, the, 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 the norm, the expectation is an incoming president will ask for all U.S. attorneys to resign so he can then appoint U.S. attorneys that share his law enforcement priorities and, you know, his philosophy but and, and Joe Biden came in. He said, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'd like all resignations except two, John Durham, because I don't want to even give the appearance that I'm interfering into, you know, the investigation into the FBI opening an investigation into the um, uh, the Trump campaign while Joe Biden was vice president. Right. So to leave that alone is a thing of beauty. And then a thing that is inspirational is leaving alone the U.S. attorney from Delaware so he can complete his investigation into Joe Biden's son. I mean, if you're not inspired by that dedication to public service in Joe Biden, then you don't have a pulse or you're not a patriot or you don't understand how government is supposed to work. Yeah, because he could. He could fire them uh, and people could complain. And he goes, hey, I'm the decider. (laughs) Uh, And we just think about all the things that all the people that were fired, inspectors general, U.S. attorneys under under um, the Trump administration and how he didn't he didn't care. Um, it's it's nice to have someone that cares and that upholds upholds those those long held beliefs in independent justice. So, well, I appreciate your time today, Glenn. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? They can find me on YouTube every day. I'm in the process of uh, finishing up today's video, which is about the lawsuit brought by Congressman Thompson and the NAACP. So um, I'm just Glenn Kirshner too. Justice Matters over on YouTube. 
Uh, I'm over on Patreon. If you want to come over and, and support our efforts and our content, you can sign up to become a patron. Uh, we have Team Justice that resides over on Patreon. You know, Twitter, Facebook, you know, wherever you, you get your disinformation, I'm probably there. Though I'm not giving disinformation. <laughs> <laughs> Never once. Thank you so much, former federal prosecutor, MSNBC legal analyst, and uh, Justice Matters guru, Glenn Kirshner. I appreciate your time today. Good seeing you. Uh, everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this segment of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Plush Care. 2020 was a really hard year, and it solidified for us that our health should be the number one priority. And going into this new year, despite everything that's going on, it's crucial to be able to see a doctor when you're not feeling well. And that's why I use Plush Care. Plush Care provides primary and urgent health care through virtual appointments. Scheduling an appointment, even for the same day, is really easy. You just pick a slot that works, click it, and you're booked. So I don't waste time on hold or sitting in crowded waiting rooms, which is really a bad idea right now. But with my Plush Care membership, I can see my doctor from the comfort of my own home, even in my PJs. And with Plush Care, I can get diagnosed, treated, and even have a prescription sent to my local pharmacy if I need to, all within minutes. If I have any questions after my visit, I get to send unlimited messages to my care team anytime. And Plush Care accepts major insurance carriers, and it's available in all 50 states. And with how difficult things are if you're feeling anxious or depressed about what's going on in the world, Plush Care doctors are here to help. They can discuss treatment options and provide prescriptions as needed. I can tell you personally, my Plush Care experience has been a breeze. Signing up was easy. It only takes a minute. It's very user-friendly. It's just as easy to schedule an appointment, and the entire process has been convenient. And I was immediately comfortable and felt confident with my doctor because all Plush Care doctors graduated from one of the top 50 medical schools in the country, and they're all highly rated by their patients. That way I know I have peace of mind. I'm getting the highest quality health care. Plush Care makes it easy for me to get the excellent care I need when I need it. With Plush Care, I do not put off seeing a doctor, and neither should you. So make your appointment today. Go to plushcare.com slash dailybeans. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash dailybeans. Plushcare.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Okay, looking forward to this good news today. Everyone, if you have some good news to send us, anything, anything at all, any good news, please do at uh, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. You can send us confessions, corrections, good news, pod pet pics, pics of your kids, your grandkids, your happy place. We're starting to get some happy place photos now, and I absolutely love these. Do you remember the one yesterday of the porch with that tree all lit up? Oh, so lovely. So beautiful. I love those too. It's meditative to just look at them. So send, send us your happy place photos as well. We appreciate it. Uh, All right, I'm going to kick this off, Dana. First one is from Robbie, pronouns he and him. I just want to say I've been listening since I discovered you on opening arguments. Thank you. I really enjoy the show, but my confession is that I don't enjoy your music. I'm sure this is a very unpopular opinion. I'm sorry. Other than that, I love the podcast. Keep up the great work. As an apology tax, I have sent pictures with the former puppy, Winston, (laughs) Lola the killer parrot, our polar bear, Chloe, and the raccoon Rhodesian Ridgeback peanut i think we might be missing some pictures we might we'll get them though but look at this baby there's one here and it's beautiful i mean because there's an adorable cocker spaniel that i think may have we'll see where the cocker belongs Mm -hmm. i want to see all of these animals now robbie that music was gifted to us by my one of my favorite bands of 30 years they might be giants they also did the theme to the daily show with john stewart back in the day and the uh, theme to malcolm in the middle that's who you're listening to just so you know uh but hey they're not for everybody i get it well i don't get it but 
I forgive you. Yeah. Uh, I happen to love They Might Be Giants, but that does not mean I've loved everything they sing. So there you have it. Um, <laughs> all right. This next one comes from anonymous pronouns she and her and Turkish Van. The entire Great Plains has frozen over, and we get no apology from the 45th. News in these red states continues to be about FBI arrests of the privileged class who could afford bus and plane tickets to go destroy the Capitol and then vacation in Mexico, reminding us that our lily-livered senators voted to acquit the orange menace. Behind my mask, I continue to gulp the fresh, fragrant air provided by your MSW beans with the deepest gratitude. With a deep cold, the furnace is producing significant dry heat, this has opposed a problem for my long-haired lady. Never before has there been a need to worry that my petting her would cause a stinging spark. Oh my God. And make us both sad to have to maintain yet another social distance. Aw. Playtime has produced some new challenges as well. See below. I ordered unscented dryer sheets. So smart. In my next delivery with hopes of providing some relief to my best friend. Tax now paid. Let me say thank you again for the daily effort you make to keep us informed of the truth and truly does exist in this nation that truly does exist in this nation this poor kitty has <laughs> the little static cling is like it's collecting Aww. even the feathers from her toys onto her oh she's got mm. beautiful fur though i love her tail so sweet yeah we get this whenever the santa annas come through you know you touch your car door massive shock yeah. um yeah it's and then touch the cats don't just don't touch the cats uh, don't touch the when, cats when that happens that should be the name of the podcast <laughs> don't touch the cats <laughs> just don't 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 kick the baby don't touch the don't kick the baby all right next up from not that millionaire steven i wrote back in november how my 16 year old cat had passed away well after three months of living in what felt like a very empty house i adopted a pair of three-month-old kittens from my local animal shelter they're brother and sister i've named them pip oh and God. pop after the purple otters on the children's show, Bear in the Big Blue House. My house certainly doesn't feel empty anymore. Enclosed are two pictures of them. One is a rare photo of them calmly sleeping. Not enclosed, a photo of them curled up in my underwear around my ankles as I'm sitting on the toilet. Oh, yes. Welcome. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, look at the babies. They're so... <gasps> look at them. Look at the camera. Well, one of them's like... Yeah, yep. Nope. Camera's too close. Camera's too close. So sweet. What beautiful little babies. Congratulations. Absolutely. Uh, this is from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Thank you for everything you do, Beans Queens. I'm not sure if this is a confession or good news, but I hope it ends up as being the best news when it's all said and done. I'm a single father with joint custody trying to finish up the world's longest divorce going on for seven <gasps> years. Whoa, Ooh. I was complaining that mine's like been over a year now. Wow, buddy. Goodness. While technically divorced, there are still some things that need to be worked out, one of which is vaccinations, which seems ludicrous during a pandemic or any other time for that matter. Oh, my God. My ex-wife is an anti-vaxxer. Oh, I was like, why are vaccinations a thing? I oh, know. Oh, anti-vaxxer. Got it. Yep. My ex-wife is an anti-vaxxer who is a master at moving goalposts and finding loopholes, so the issue keeps getting pushed out. The difficulty is finding an expert witness willing to help me counter her arguments and protect my children uh, is severely deflating. The whole process, as you can imagine, is extremely expensive, but if I can protect my children from preventable diseases, it's worth it in the end. So I'm hoping this is the year that it's all done and I can no, I no longer have panic attacks with every email from my attorney. I also haven't had confidence to date. I was really feeling it on Valentine's Day. 
But I've matched with someone incredible and have plans to meet this week. That's awesome. Dating during the pandemic on top of all my baggage uh, hasn't really been much of an option, but maybe this is my good news. We have a ton in common. She's super cute. And best of all, I haven't had much of the normal anxiety. I know it's not all good news yet, but I'm hoping. And I just needed to get this off my chest. Uh, for reading, I paid my pet tax with our old man Doggo. Thank you again. I wish you all the best. And look at Doggo's Aww. snout. That is the best snout. <gasps> Anonymous, I'm really proud of you for opening back up. And, and no matter what happens, it's a it's a step in growth, and for you to open up to meeting someone new. So super proud of you. I'm sorry about your ex being an anti-vaxer. I really hope you can get that figured out because obviously you're the one working with science and facts. So congratulations there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, send us an update. Um, we'd love to hear more about this as, as, cause you're going to win this. Um, Oh, for sure. And, uh, I, I just, I want to, I just want to, I, I want to keep track. I want to make sure you're good and everything's okay. And I also want an update on the date that you have this week too. So me too. Keep us in the loop. And this dog, oh, what a honey. All right, next up from Donna, pronouns she and her. I've never married or had children, so I have instead grown very close over the years to my nephew and nieces. They're my pride and joy. I love to brag on them. My niece Katie once said to me when she was about seven years old that she knew what she was going to be when she grew up. I said, really? What's that? And she grandly answered, I'm going to be either an actress or a neonatal nurse. (laughs) I giggled. So cute. I just love that girl. So we carried on for about 30 years through her ups and downs of what she really wanted to be when she grew up. And she's one of these kids that came of age during some of the Great Recession of 2007 when it was difficult to find jobs, much less the one you really wanted. But she persevered. And this morning, despite the weather Chicago got clobbered with overnight, my Katie girl graduated from the Chicago Fire Department Academy. We were able to watch the ceremony online. So fucking proud of her. My heart just melted as she saluted and then elbow bumped Mayor Lori and the fire commissioner. Yes. Go Chicago strong. Attached her some screenshots. I captured the ceremony, one of Katie saluting on stage and one wider angle of the room. They are masked, of course, so you can't see any of the cadets clearly. But I swear Kate was one of the ones standing straighter and taller than anyone else in the room. That is fantastic. I love Mayor Lori. I've met her at a couple of HRC events in Chicago, and she is fantastic. I love that she's out and proud. And these pictures, oh, your niece, congratulations. Wow, that's so wonderful. Congratulations. I love it. Oh, so good. I love it. All right. All right. This next one's Wolfie Side Chick, pronouns she and her. <laughs> good day, Beanie Babies. I have a quick little note to share with you. First, my main man, Wolf Blitzer. I'm secretly loving Caitlin Collins taking over Jim Acosta's position because my name is Caitlin. So every time I hear her, I hear him say my name, I selfishly pretend Wolfie is talking to me. <laughs> Anywho, loving cleanup on aisle 45. Keep up the great work. Wolfie and I haven't set the date yet. He. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Caitlin Collins took over Jim Acosta's job there. That's so, so cool. I love her. She's so great. She's such a a great reporter. The other person I love on CNN is Abby Phillip. Yeah. She kept me going through that election week. Um, 
Next up, from C, pronouns he and him, AGDG and the rest of the community of beans. I have a bit of good news, a quick confession, and a bean of my own to put down, assuming we're allowed to do so. Of course you're allowed to put down beans. I'll start with my good news. My parents got their first round of the vaccine and are scheduled for the second dose in early March. I've been anxious about them since COVID first hit the news last January. And between this and competent government, I'm starting to remember how not to be knotted up, a knotted up ball of angst. Now onto my confession. Every morning when AG starts the show with hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for insert date here, I can't help but hear hello in the voice of hello. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> and picture AG with cake on her face. Well, you know what? See, I'm going to do that tomorrow for you. I occasionally even join in with my best worst Mrs. Doubtfire impression. And finally, my bean. Like everyone else, I was profoundly disappointed when the impeachment managers didn't call witnesses. But then I remembered the sedition meetings with Sidney Powell and Mike Flynn, the 12-20 meeting between Trump and Tario, since revealed to be an informant and conveniently picked up at his uh, as he landed in D.C., the January 5th Trump Tower meeting. Uh, it's Trump International Hotel, but yeah, the racketeering and counterintelligence investigations, and now the agreement between the Department of Justice and SPAS. So my bean is that part of the decision not to call witnesses is to protect evidence for the ongoing criminal and counterintelligence investigations and not potentially contaminate the jury pool. Yeah, I said that. Yes, you and me have the same beans, see? I'm sure the impeachment managers would have been judicious in their witness selections, but I'm also sure the opposition would have been happy to try to spoil any case the Department of Justice is building. Yes, and a, a little further thing there, uh, see, on that bean, is the reason that they didn't tell us that they didn't want to taint future jury stuff is because they would have had to ad admit t to an investigation being ongoing, which they do not do. Uh, and he says, here in lieu of pot pet tax, I want to share my favorite beverage since I missed last week's stereo chat. Angel's Envy. Yes. It's a it's, mm, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in port wine casks. And it's absolutely delightful. Ooh. Thank you for keeping us company in the mornings while we're giving the news, while giving the news all the context, nuance, and fucks it deserves. Thank you. <laughs> I love Angel's Envy. It's a very smooth bourbon. Hello. Hello. Oh, Fantastic. All right, this next one comes from James, pronouns he and him. DG's reaction to the cat named Mouse prompted me to send the story of our cat named Mouse. Oh, yeah. She was a very quiet cat and couldn't meow. She just had a hoarse squeak of a voice. We adopted her as a two-year-old stray, but just a couple of hours after we got her home, she disappeared on us. We searched all over for three days, put food out, put signs up in the neighborhood in case she got out, <laughs> etc. But no luck. In my head, I was like, and could read them? Nope. Okay. Three days later, into the search. <laughs> the signs aren't for the cats, Dana. <laughs> yep. Just had a moment. I was like, you guys put signs out for the cat? Okay. Um, three days. Sometimes I'm just pretty, you guys. Three days into the search, we had a, we had a friend over to help. <laughs> that reminds me when my friend and I drove past a billboard about apartments and it said, Lisa information call this number and i was like i just said how do you lease information i mean once you know don't you just know it you just like how do you moment. give it back you just have moments <laughs> i just had a moment um, yes please send us your moments send us your moments i would love to hear them anyway oh sorry goodness. please continue three days into the search we had a friend over to help hunt around the house and we heard a scratching sound coming from the wall in the basement not knowing what else to do i got a drywall saw and cut a hole in the wall and immediately mouse's face popped up 
Unfortunately, the hole was too small for her, so I had to push her back in to enlarge it. That did the trick. She spent three days stuck in the walls after getting in through the furnace room and not being able to find her way back. And because she squeaked, living in the wall and was afraid of the other cat, we named her Mouse. She grew up in a serious, she grew up to be a serious fluffball, the picture. We had her for 13 years, never lost her in a wall again after the first time. She's beautiful. She was beautiful. Oh my God, that pet wall. Just kicking back. In some insulation. She doesn't, she doesn't look like the brightest cat, and I don't mean that in any derogatory way at all. But it looks like the kind she she looks she looks uh, like just continually startled. I just imagine her head popping up in that hole that's cut in the wall. Uh, but so glad you found her. How terrifying! And that's scary. Like it gives me chills to think that the cat got in through where the furnace is up on the wall and couldn't find her way back. That's just terrifying. How terrifying! I know. Oh, and you couldn't hear me out. Oh, I know. That's horrifying. Baby. It's like a human's worst nightmare: being stuck somewhere and no one can hear him screaming. Oh, the baby. Oh, the cask of Amontillado. Oh, okay. That's it. Thank you so much for sending these in. Now I really want to hear everyone's like dumb moments you've had because they're so funny. Oh, me too. Um, oh my God, I do. I I would love to hear about <laughs> some sort of leap of knowledge you made. Like when I found out that the, the Postal Service logo isn't a bird-headed man with his pockets turned out, but is an eagle, I was like floored. I was also in my <laughs> 30s. So... Those are the kinds of things I would love to hear about. So send them in. I don't know if you... I saw some on Twitter the other day that sort of like rocked my core. But like this little piggy, you know, this little piggy goes to the market. Yeah. This oh, yeah. Stayed home. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I posted yeah. that. I found... I didn't know that the little piggy wasn't going shopping. Like I thought the little piggy had their little Trader Joe's bag and they were just going to the market to get some food for the week. Did not know. Yeah. It was so terrible. There's a big difference between a piggy going to market and a piggy going to the market. Yeah. And that piggy, because it, it's the big toe, right? He's the fattest piggy. He went to market. Ugh, nope. Mm. Yeah, I, I I, was today years old when I learned that. Well, yep. that day. I'm so sorry if we've ruined that for any of the listeners. But yeah, this little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. That makes sense. But so does this little piggy yeah. went to the market and that one didn't. It stayed home. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just going shopping. Yeah. Now, it, it it stands to reason, though, because kids' nursery rhymes, ring around the rosies. Horrifying. You know, like, they're all really ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Hee hee, we're kids singing. What the fuck is happening? Yeah, when the bow breaks, the cradle will fall and down will come baby cradle and all. I'm surprised any of this Jesus. turned out okay. Jesus Christ. I know, I know, but we're all, yay! Yes, I know. Sure. It's like the Smiths, you know, the upbeat music, uh, to do, girlfriend in a coma, I know, I know, it's serious. And you're like, yeah, what? Yep. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck Morrissey, that guy, I hate them. Because no, no. just dick. Right wing, alt right weirdo. Uh, and, and what a shame, too, because such great music from the For Smiths. Sure. Uh, anyway. That's the show. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I do have a final thought. I can't give you any more information, even though Allison probably knows what I'm talking about. I did something yesterday, and I need a collective good luck. Just put it out there. Just a collective break a leg. Good luck. Hope it works, and I'll let you know if it comes through. That's it. Just put out a put out oh, a you thought did it? to the universe. You did, I did it last minute. I did. I finished it. Nice. Hell yeah. We'll see. Okay. We'll yeah. See. Everyone, do whatever it is you do to yeah. send out good vibes. Yeah. 
All right, until tomorrow, everyone, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans After Party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last stereo show went a little bit like this. And uh, we're here doing our live after party. Daily Beans After Party is what they're, what they're calling it, what the kids are calling it these days. It reminds me of I just watched <laughs> the 30 Rock episode where Liz Lemon was like, uh, out with the Tracy Jordan and he's like are you going to the after 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 party and they end up like on somebody's roof but yeah just finished watching that vote the vote to oust Marjorie Taylor Green from Woo-hoo! her team uh, I, I think I was incorrect. I think the last time we were here live, I said that she was only, I thought she was only on one committee. She was on two committees. She yeah. was on education and labor and also on the budget committee. Like Education. What? Education. She's on the committee of education. She was, was, because she got voted <laughs> off of education. Yeah. And 11 Republicans voted alongside Democrats to oust her from these seats. Uh, so we're going to see how the backlash of that plays out. Cause as you know, McCarthy was like, well, what about Maxine Waters and what about so-and-so and they get to keep their committee seats. Like they committed, like they wanted other people to be executed or believed that nine 11 was not real or what, like, come exactly. on, like stop. Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, the listeners. Ask us questions about news, politics, anything. And you can share your experiences and opinions, and we want to hear it all. So download the new app called Stereo and join us live this week, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. Link to our show in the description and join us over on the Stereo app.